It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. Also on podcasts everywhere and www.talklawradio.com. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And today we're going to be talking about older Americans because the month of May is dedicated to older Americans. And we're going to be previewing what the three of us are going to be talking about on May 24th at 6 p.m. at the Education Service Center here in San Antonio, including health, Medicare, retirement, long-term care insurance, and other financial strategies for paying the high cost of long-term care and government benefits and how that might be able to help pay for long-term care. So I wanted to give some history on Older Americans Month. In 1963, President John F. Kennedy established Senior Citizens Month after meeting with the National Council on Senior Citizens. At that time, only 17 million Americans had reached their 65th birthdays, and about one-third of them lived in poverty with very few programs to meet their needs. In 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Older Americans Act, supporting a wide range of social services and programs for individuals age 60 and older. The Older Americans Act was uh, reauthorized in March 2020 when President Donald Trump signed H.R. 4334, supporting Older Americans Act of 2020 into law. So that's why we're talking about uh, older Americans Uh, But before we get into it, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about this subject on the radio. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to do your will. Please help uh, Tim, Rick, and me give good information about Medicare, strategies for paying for long-term care, and government benefits that helps to pay for long-term care. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be talking about older Americans and uh, some issues that older Americans face, like Medicare and long-term care insurance and government benefits. Um, I'd like to introduce each of you just by asking a few questions. Uh, Tim, I'll start with you. Uh, This is Tim Allen with uh, AHIA, Affordable Health Insurance Agency. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and, and how you got to where you are today. Well, I'll tell you, it started back in the Belgian Congo, 
I was born there as a child of a missionary parent, parents. Um, during the revolution that took place in 1960, we moved to the States, and I lived in the greater Chicago area for the next 35 years. Um, God led me into ministry, uh, and I was a worship pastor for 29 years. And one of the things that I saw happening in my life was even though I loved music and that was my passion, yet as I'm working with people, what I saw happening was uh, people would come to me because they wanted help. And I learned how to counsel, and uh, counseling became part of what I did, and marrying and burying people and spending time in the hospital with people. And that just became a very important part of who I was, uh, as important as the music side of it. So it was caring for people and shepherding people that really was the important thing. And that led later on into uh, a ministry outside the walls of the church as well in the insurance business. Uh, I was always trained ABC, always be closing, always be closing. They'd drive that home. And always try to get the highest commission. That was another thing that they would tell us. It just didn't work for me. Because for me, there's another ABC, and that's always be caring. That's something that was uh, part of my life all along. And I felt that was the important thing. It wasn't about getting the highest commission. It wasn't about pushing the product. It was about meeting the needs, the unique needs of each individual that came to us. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, by meeting their needs, not only do you, you win their trust, you do get paid a commission if you get a sale, of course. Right. But what you find out is that those people then come back to you and bring referrals. Mm-hmm. And they help to build your business. Why? Not because you sold them a product, because they know you can trust. They, they can trust you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Always Be Caring is about, and that's really what drives me in this business. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Okay, next to you is Rick Hood, a a frequent guest on the show, uh, usually talking about Medicare, but I'm going to be talking about focusing on long-term care more so today. Uh, Just remind our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, I'm very blessed to have my mentor here for the Medicare side, especially um, Tim Allen, because uh, he, uh, he's been an inspiration to us just with what he just shared. Uh, that's, that's a philosophy throughout AHIA now, and not just because of Tim, but primarily because he's the one that brought the ABC. There. And just to so, remind the listeners, when you say AHIA... Affordable that, Health Insurance Agency. Yeah, that, yes. that's just the letters of each of those words. A for affordable, H for health, I for insurance, and A for agency. That That's why you say AHIA. It's just shorter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for, for pointing that out. Yeah, Joe and Rosie Chetwood own AHIA, and uh, we're very blessed to be a part of that team and the always be caring philosophy that's prevalent throughout the company. So when I started in 1995 uh, for a captive company, Bankers Life and Casualty, in the insurance business, and um, it didn't take me too long, about three years, to figure out that um, it was the always be closing philosophy there that just, you know, how many sales did you get this week? How many, uh, where, you know, what are you doing? Who are you closing this week? That I didn't really care for that. I liked the independent world. And 
uh, went independent three years later. What does that mean? Meaning uh, that you're on your own, <laughs> which mm -hmm. was the part of it that I didn't really uh, get at first. Most agents don't when they go independent. Independent means no net. You know, you don't have any type of uh, a base usually that you're dealing with in terms of money. You, you are just out there with uh, any companies that you choose to contract with. But that gives you the freedom to be able to contract with the companies that are best for each client's situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that philosophy of always having the client in mind and being independent allows you to not not make a product fit to a client but find the products that fit to each client you know instead of shoehorning them into a particular thing you find the right product you find the right solution and if you can you get the sale and if you get the sale and you you know treat your clients right you get the referral and you know business grows primarily from that and uh so anyway, uh, 27 years later, here I am. I started with Banker's Life, though, in Medicare, selling Medicare supplements, and then long-term care insurance and annuities. And so the, uh, the, the Medicare is still the same in terms of the supplements, roughly, but the long-term care industry has done a full 360, almost, uh, definitely 180, and then they're back on the way up to, mm -hmm. the, I think, the 360. So, so you uh, focus <clears throat> a lot on long-term care insurance. You know a lot about that subject. Yeah, I do. I do. That's something that I've focused on over the years. Um, I talk about it a lot more than I actually sell it, but that's always the way with long-term care insurance because really less than 10 percent. 10% of the people actually purchase it. But the thing that we always like to make important uh, in selling people is that you need to have a plan. It doesn't necessarily have insurance, but that's one solution to it. Another is... Or you, you know, can have money. You, you can have money, exactly, yeah, yeah. Or you can rely on government benefits. Yeah, exactly. we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking more specifically about Medicare with Tim. And, of course, you can chime in because you know a lot about Medicare as well. And I'll talk about how it began with uh, President Lyndon, jo Lyndon Johnson. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or MarquardtLawFirm.com. 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Markport here on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Also on podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and www.talklawradio.com. You can find archive episodes there of lots of different subjects. Today we're talking about Older Americans Month. Uh, this is a preview episode for our upcoming seminar on Elder Law and Retirement Symposium, which is going to be this Wednesday, May 24th, at the Education Service Center on Hines at 6 p.m. So you're free to join us there as well. Just 
Call to register in advance because seating is limited. You can call 210-530-4278. We're going to start talking about Medicare now, and you might remember that back in 1935, the Social Security Act was passed, and in 1965, 30 years after that, Lyndon Johnson signed uh, the, an amendment to the Social Security Act that established Medicare, which they called a health insurance program for elderly Americans. And uh, my guest today, Tim Allen, who works with uh, AHIA, which, which stands for Affordable Health Insurance Agency, is going to talk to us about Medicare. So, Tim, tell us, uh, what Medicare plans are you authorized to sell? Well, first of all, I need to say I'm not employed by Medicare, okay? Um, We don't offer every plan that's available in this area, but we currently do represent 21 different companies, and we offer 191 Medicare-related products in in this area. Um, We need to let you know that if you'd like to hear about all of those options, you need to contact Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local state health insurance program to get information on all of your options. But that's, we're authorized to sell most of the plans that are in this area. Okay. And the Medicare website has some things there that people can use, right? Yes, sir. That's a great, great resource. You go to Medicare.gov. On Medicare.gov, it it is a place where you can register if you're on Medicare. You can register for uh, your own web page, basically. And from there, you can pay your premiums. You can find out what your, your prescriptions would cost. You can look to see if there's another plan out there that might save you money on your medications. And we'll talk more about that, not only in this show, but we're, we're going to be talking about that at the seminar that we're giving okay. this next week. Yeah. Wow, that, that website sounds pretty comprehensive. I'm just wondering how many folks over the age of 65 would be able to navigate something like that? I think there are a lot of people that get on it and and are able to use it well, but that's one of the things that both Rick and I do. We help train our our clients on how to use that. Oh, okay. (laughs) And and in addition to that, um, when my clients send me a list of medications, one of the most important things that I can do is to research your medications and help you find a plan that's going to cost you the least amount of money Uh, because medications can be the one thing that just really takes you down. I had a client just yesterday, in fact, that called me in tears because there were two medications she was taking that were just completely wiping her out. One was Eliquis and another was Merbetric. And both of those are very, very, we're talking hundreds of dollars for each per month. Mm -hmm. And she was looking for a way to, to find a lower cost. Well, I was able to help her in both of those by looking at a, um, basically it's a, it's, it's a uh, customer support uh, company that's a foundation that will help to pay for the Merbetric or the Eliquis, and there are other, other companies oh, so out there like that. outside of Medicare. It's outside of Medicare. Okay. And so if, once she gets this all approved and, and worked through, she should have to pay nothing for those prescriptions. Now, there are qualifications for eligibility, but if you meet those qualifications, there are foundations out there that can be extremely helpful, and that's that's one of the areas that we provide assistance with. In the, in so she was on Medicare 
already, but and her Medicare plan wasn't covering the medication she needed, so you had to find another resource outside of Medicare. That's correct, and there are many resources outside of Medicare that can help. Now, in most cases, the insurance plan, once we find an insurance plan that covers the medications at the lowest possible cost, and there are well over 70 of those plans out there, so we, we input all those medications and we find the right plan that's going to be of value to them. I was okay. just I just find it remarkable that Medicare didn't completely cover it because I talked to a lot of people that think that Medicare is magic, that Medicare is going to take care of them, all of their needs for whatever comes up from age 65 on. Well, it, it can provide for a lot of things. It really does. It, it, it does a lot of good. But basically, Medicare is going to cover about 80% of the cost, okay? Of medications? Of, of or not of medications. I'm talking about your, your, your medical care. Doctor visits and that yeah, sort. Right. And the, you're responsible for the remaining 20%. And that's why Rick and I both work in this area where we help people with the supplements and help find the right plan. But they also need a drug plan in addition to that. Mm-hmm. And once they get on a prescription drug plan, we help them find the one that's going to get the the lowest cost for all Mm -hmm. those medications. But then after that, there are all sorts of other issues that come up. The drug plan may be the best for them at the time. It may be the one that provides the the lowest cost, okay? But having said that, they may have a drug that's very expensive. We have people that are on, um, that just had an organ transplant, and they're taking anti-rejection drugs that might be $1,500 a month or maybe more. We have people that, you know, are taking products like I just mentioned to you that are costing $800 to $1,000 a month. Oh, wow. And they can't afford that, and their plan doesn't cover it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they need some help. And so that's where we're able to come in, and there are a number of different ways we can do that. Um, one way would be through the use of the, um, the online pharmacies. Everybody's heard of GoodRx, right? But besides GoodRx... There are, there are just a ton of other online pharmacies, and we encourage people to go through and look at those online pharmacies. We'll be talking about this more next week when we have the seminar because there's not yeah, time to do this on I'm the show. I'm interested. But, but we'll go over some of these uh, on the show. We'll go over some of these uh, so that people can, can hear about where they can go to find the best prices on their prescriptions. And, of course, you know, doctors are very, very good about writing samples, they may not do it indefinitely, mm-hmm. but they'll do it for a while. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very, very big help, too, in trying to keep the cost down. There are a couple of other companies out there that Rick and I have used. One of them is PrescriptionHope.com, and another is NiceRx.com. And in both cases, those companies will provide prescriptions at $50 a month. Well, if you have a prescription that's $800 a month and you can get it at $50 a month, that's a great backup. So either one of those two, if you're struggling and you have a prescription that's a very, very high cost, check out those two, prescriptionhope.com or nicerx.com. And, again, there are eligibility requirements mm-hmm. income-wise. But if you meet those, then you can really pre- receive a lot of help toward that. Well, you've identified a lot of resources uh, for the listeners. And just Keeping track of all the resources that are available seems like a, a big 
task to handle for just some regular grandmother or grandfather out there. So they probably be more helpful if if they knew how to contact you. I, I know that Medicare regulations are always hanging over your head. Are you allowed to tell people how to contact you today? You can reach me at 210-888-9818. That's 210-888-9818. You can talk to Rick as well. He also helps with Medicare. What's your? Uh, 210-573-2833. That's my cell phone. So. So either, okay. either well, one of us. You're going to be getting a lot of calls now, yeah. Yeah. giving out your cell phone. Looking forward to it. Looking <laughs> Nights and weekends. It. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. <laughs> um, before we talk more about uh, Medicare dr- drug plan, um, can we go through the ABCs of Medicare and just say what it is? Sure. Uh, those that are on Medicare have a red, white, and blue card. That's mm-hmm. a Medicare card. Mm-hmm. And that, that there are two plans that are federal plans that are reflected in that card that most people have. Some only have one, but most people have what's called Medicare A, which covers hospital, and the other would be Medicare B, which covers general medical, which would be doctor visits, MRIs, that sort of thing. Okay. But that's only part of the picture. Besides the federal plans, they also need to have a drug plan as well, and that would be called, known as Part D, if you just think Part D for drugs, Okay, Um, so they have to have A, B, and D, and then they need to have the supplement to help pay the 20% Mm -hmm. that Medicare does not pay. Medicare is a great plan, but there's one little flaw that a lot of people don't know, and that is that there's no cap to what the the beneficiary has to pay. If you're paying 20% and your 20% comes out to $50,000, are you ready to lay that down? Yeah. If it comes out to 100000 are you ready to pay 20000 Wow. And, and that's the reality. So there are people out there that say Medicare is great, that's all you need, but they don't understand there's a risk associated with that that may be a lot, a lot greater than mm-hmm. what most of us are willing to assume. But there's something that you can do to mitigate that risk? You can. There are one of two things. One would be to, to purchase what we call a Medigap supplement, mm-hmm. and that pays the 20%. And the other way would be to go with what some people call Plan C. You may hear that on the radio. Do you have a Plan C? Mm-hmm. Well, if you actually, if, if you have a Plan C, it just means Medicare Advantage Plan. Okay. And Medicare Advantage Plan is a plan that combines everything into one. Most of them include the drug benefit. Not all, but most of them include the drug benefit. And they work totally different than, than the, the supplement with Medicare. Okay. And you help people understand the, all the differences, right? We do. Okay. We do. Because it, it sounds complicated. I I don't have to know all that stuff because I'm not that old yet. And uh, so I I just send people to your office and, and have you guys explain all of it. Yeah. Okay, Rick, anything that you want to add to uh, Medicare? Anything in your experience that people need to know going into it? uh, Tim summed it up really, really well. The only thing that I would add to that is that a lot of people, I run across one or two every week, it seems like, that think that Medicare covers long-term care, and it doesn't. By design, Medicare, the most that it will pay for long-term care is 100 days. And, uh, in a rehab. In a, yeah, in a rehab or in you know skilled nursing facility. Yeah. So people just have that 
misconception that, oh, well, Medicare pays for the hospital or 80% of it or 80% of the medical portion of it doesn't pay for long-term care. And so that's the big gap that in addition to, you know, the medical side of it, the hospital and the medical and it, long-term it's, care is a it's whole other category. That issue that I wrote about in a, in a legal journal mm-hmm. um, my, that was called um, Reliance on Inadequate Government Programs because uh, I think when they were advertising Medicare back in 1965, people got the impression, good or bad, that they were going to be taken care of, that that was going to cover yeah. their medical needs. Now, medical needs, I think, have changed exactly. over the last 60 years. Life expectancies have changed, yeah. and people, at that time, it probably did take care of most of the, most of the needs, because most people were passing away around the age Be- of 65. Before 65. Before, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's changed a lot. Yeah. Okay, well, we got to take another break, and when we come back, we'll be talking, focusing on long-term care, how to pay for it, and uh, what you need to know, so stay tuned. to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. This is our third segment, and that's when I like to talk about the saints and sinners. I got the idea about talking about saints and sinners from the theologian Martin Luther, who nailed the 95 Thesis to the church door. Uh, He said we're all saints and sinners in one, and uh, if we're sinner now, we're forgiven and absolved because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Um, so I like to talk about someone in the news that's done something bad and, and somebody in the news that's done something good. And I found a story that has both in, in the same. Have you heard of Baby India? No? Well, this is a Georgia story. Um, but it all started about four years ago on June 6, 2019, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office was called by someone reporting that he and his children heard a baby crying in the woods near the 1900 block of Daves Creek Road in Cumming, Georgia. Deputy Terry Roper came upon a tied-up plastic bag in the brush, which contained a baby girl with her umbilical cord still attached. The baby became known as Baby India to protect her privacy. Forsyth County, Georgia Sheriff Ron Freeman described the discovery of Baby India as divine intervention. If you looked at everything that happened for this little girl to survive, Sheriff Freeman said, for alert people 
to hear a sound in the woods that they thought was a wild animal for two teenage girls who couldn't let it go because they thought it sounded like a baby crying, to a dad that was convinced to go out in the middle of the night to check on a weird sound in the middle of the woods. So our saints for the week are the people that heard the baby crying, two teenage girls who would couldn't let it go, and the dad that went to the woods in the middle of the night, and Deputy Terry Roper and Sheriff Ron Freeman, who with other law enforcement dedicated themselves to getting justice for baby India. So four years ago, they found the baby, but they didn't know how she got there or even whose baby she was. Over the course of four years, Forsyth County officials were able to identify the child's biological father through advanced DNA testing. He didn't even know that he was a father because the mother had kept all of this a secret. And so knowing him allowed them to find her, the mother, um, and they just arrested her a few days ago, uh, 40-year-old Karima Jiwani, who is charged with a criminal attempt to commit murder, cruelty to children in the first degree, aggravated assault, reckless abandonment, and other charges. So she's the center for the week. Um, innocent until proven guilty, um, but she's been uh, arrested. So uh, that's it for saner, Sinners and Saints. Let's uh, talk about long-term care insurance. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a lot of saints there. It's uh, a, a good story, Todd. Yeah. Um, so long-term care insurance, you know, people... Uh, I think a lot of people just avoid the topic is the, is the problem. I, we always encourage people to have a plan, whatever that is. Have something in place ahead of time, uh, legally, both legally and... Well, what's it for? Uh, this is for any type of a condition that uh, typically the definition is if you're, defi- uh, you're deficient in two out of six activities of daily living or cognitively impaired and likely to be so for longer than 90 days or, you know, an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And so that, that 90 to 100 days is where it gets beyond Medicare, gets outside the realm of what's already going to be covered in most cases by traditional health insurance. And so long-term care would be something that uh, you go into a second phase uh, of needing, whether it's skilled nursing. It encompasses everything from home health care. You know, maybe some people need just a little bit of extra assistance to stay at home. Uh, Adult day care, assisted living, uh, all the way up to skilled nursing, and, and even memory care type mm-hmm. of units mm-hmm. where people that have Alzheimer's and whatnot. So it's a very, uh, it, it's a pretty big gamut there that it runs. Yeah, and, and those are all the conditions that people think they're not going to get. Exactly, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. We all think that we won't be one of them, but statistically speaking now, it's close to 70% of the people that are going to at some yeah. point need some amount of long-term care in their lifetime. And I think it's because doctors have figured out how to keep us alive for such a long time. Exactly, yeah. It's a big part of it. You're you're exactly right, Todd. Yeah, it's uh, 
with that longevity and and people being healthier more so you know believe it or not people are I know we're still one of the fattest cities in the United States, but the people, by and large, are healthier these days, uh, eating better, exercising more. That literally increases your chance of having to some form of chronic illness someday because you're going to live longer and your body's going to slowly give out rather than right. drop dead quickly. You know? Right. <laughs> so, so. And so... How do you qualify for long-term care insurance? So good question. Ahead of time is the best answer that I could give to that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how often it is that somebody comes to me and they're going, well, I need to look, I need to talk to you, Rick, about that long-term care insurance that we talked about. Remember when I went on Medicare and we never got back to it? And, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I don't push people on this at all. I always bring it up, but uh, it's not a topic that anybody likes to be pushed on, and I don't have time to push it. But I, I, always, I tell them you have to apply for it before your diagnosis. Exactly. exactly way before. Right. Way mm-hmm. before your diagnosis. So, so uh, statistically speaking, like age 49 and under, even at that age, about 15 to 16% of people are declined for long-term care. So it's, and that's because, if you think about it, that's because people in that age group that are applying for long-term care, a, a good amount of them know that they have a condition or mm-hmm. are likely to have in the future. And the underwriting is getting more intense these days, you know, because the claims are huge. You know, when a company yeah. has to pay a claim, oftentimes they have to pay, you know, it, it's an undetermined amount in some cases if they have a lifetime policy. So it can be very, very expensive. But not all policies are lifetime, right? Not all po- Most are not. Yes, exactly. But, um, so 49 and under, about 15, 16% of policies are, are declined. When you get all the way to the other end of the spectrum at age 75 and older, over 50% are declined. Okay, so right. let's say somebody doesn't qualify, but they still want to figure out how to pay for long-term care. Mm-hmm. What other strategies are there? Just briefly touch on some. Yeah, we're going to touch on that in depth on Wednesday. But there's a there there's traditional long-term care. Um, there are now life insurance policies that have chronic illness. They're not long-term care, but they are chronic illness riders on them that can So you can access the death benefit while you're still living and use it for Mm -hmm. chronic illness. And then there are hybrid long-term care policies in the middle that'll uh, that will do the effectively the same type of thing, but they're geared more for long-term care than they are for the death benefit on the life policy. Yeah. So. um, So if you do go be with the Lord because mm -hmm. you had a heart attack and and you never spend one day in the nursing home then it pays a death benefit. Exactly, to your beneficiary. Exactly right. And that's what uh, the beauty of it, because that was always, it's always been a big objection for long-term care insurance is, what if I never use it? You know, well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a valid point. What if you don't? And then all that money. Well, I hope I never use my homeowner's insurance. Exactly, or your <laughs> automobile insurance for that right. matter. Life insurance, we know we're all going to, our beneficiaries are all going to benefit from that someday. Yeah. So. But, uh, but, yeah, good point. It's, uh, the, the, hybrid, the hybrid policies in the middle cover that very well. Plus, they're a little bit easier to qualify for from an underwriting standpoint because you're, on many of those, you're putting up the money 
upfront yourself. So you're using like rainy day funds. Maybe you've got money in a CD, a bank CD or something that you're mm-hmm. not using. You're just getting interest off of it. Well, on a hybrid type of policy, you can you can invest that money with an insurance company. You still get an interest rate on it. You get a benefit, a rider for long-term care, but you're gonna they're going to use your money first. That's the trade-off on it. You're going to still have your money there. Yeah. You're kind of self-insuring because that's maybe what you were doing with that money in a bank CD anyway. Yeah. But you're but you're leveraging that money so that you're getting two to three times the amount that was there in the event that you do need it for long-term and, care. And that's another component of long-term care is having money saved up exactly. and having retirement funds. Mm-hmm. And so will you also be talking about um, maybe some strategies for uh, what to do with a retirement um account once like a 401k or a 403b once you retire will you be able to talk about that at the seminar yeah absolutely absolutely and some of that can be used even used for long-term care Um, there's strategies for that as well portions of it if yeah if you like right it's all about it's all about integrating income that you're already going to have coming in from a pension or whatever that is not going to go away with some additional uh, supplement of a long-term care policy so you don't have to go out and buy a big long-term care policy to handle everything. You can We work with your income structure that's already in place. And the statistics that you've read say that 70% of people are going to need some form of long-term care? And during their lifetime, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Again, correct. That's from home health care all the way up to memory care. You know, it's a... It's a wide range. It wasn't that many years ago. I thought the statistic was a third. Yeah, it it was for a long time. It was like 43%, Mm -hmm. and now it's gone. It it goes up. uh, Okay. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your state? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or marquardtlawfirm.com. 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM, The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, also YouTube, Facebook, and TalkLawRadio.com, where you can listen to the archived episodes. And if you would, please do me a favor and subscribe to the Talk Law Radio YouTube channel, and click the little bell so that you can be notified uh, when new episodes are posted there. We were just uh, talking with Rick about long-term care insurance and other strategies for qualifying or, or for paying for long-term care. And uh, in the beginning of the show, we talked with Tim Allen about Medicare and uh, what Medicare covers and also some strategies for paying the high cost of medication. Did we have a caller? Caller, you're live on the air. You have a question for us? Yeah, morning. Uh, I was uh, interested in two different things. One is, uh, if, if you ever get a chance to read the original Hippocratic Oath, 
Uh, it says that a doctor is not supposed to bargain for money before treatment. So it's treat first, uh, money later, is the original Hippocratic Oath. That's interesting. And, yeah, and so now, you know, we're seeing uh, whether it's the, uh, and, and the, the way it's phrased, too, is, is that if a person approaches you, uh, you know, it's in the first person, that the, uh, the doctor is supposed to treat first and not deal with, you know, deal with money later. And uh, so in the 1980s, uh, the HMOs were developed with a subterfuge, and they basically created uh, so much flack in between. The scheduling secretary would be there to make sure that you, they were the ones that bargained for the money instead of the doctor. Okay. And so the HMOs have been denying people care for years, you know, 40 years now of, of denying people medical care uh, and violating the Hippocratic Oath. So in terms of law, you know, I'm wondering if you can speak on that. The other thing I was interested in is if you're familiar with the corruption on the Supreme Court, uh, this Harlan Crow guy is as corrupt as you can get. And he's got a website that lists his properties. It's called crowholdings.com. And I wonder if you can speak on, on the uh, opportunity for boycotting uh, Harlan Crow. Uh, he doesn't own only his stuff in Texas. He owns all over the country. And uh, to get a corrupt guy uh, with so much domination of, of Texas property, uh, I, it would seem to me that uh, to clean up the politics of, uh, of the world, uh, we're going to need to go after this Harlan Crow guy. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Uh, I'll have to do more research to... To speak to both of those questions, uh, they're both unique questions to me, so I appreciate you bringing them to my attention, and I'll definitely talk about it on on a show in the future. Um, but before we part ways today, uh, can you tell me where you're calling from? Oh, I'm out in California. And, uh, oh, playing, okay. Playing Paul Revere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got to you know, warn people against the corruption of, uh, of the modern world. Thank you so much for doing that, and th thank you for the call. Take care. Thanks. Goodbye. Wow, that was an interesting question. <laughs> A lot of information. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, but this is our fourth segment, and, you know, I always like to talk about legacy. And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So at Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm uh, focus on wills and trusts and tax-protected inheritance plans. Um, in fact, I'd like to talk about one of our other sponsors, uh, Financial Planning HQ. Um, if you uh, want a comprehensive plan on how to deal with your finances, uh, I suggest calling Joseph Warren at uh, Financial Planning HQ. Thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, back to legacy. Um, the Bible talks a lot about legacy, and Tim, you're you're a th theologian yourself, so um, I want to ask you about 
what legacy means to you, and um, do you have something that has been passed down in the family that you'd like to talk about? Well, I'll tell you, it, we've just been very blessed in our family because we had a, a gal that was a single mother. I'm going to say she was a great, great, great uh, aunt. And uh, this gal began praying for her children, and she prayed for them every day. Uh, she not only prayed that they would come to a place where they would receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, but she prayed that they would go into full-time ministry. And then when they had children, she prayed the same thing for each of their children, and she continued to pray through the generations as long as she was alive. And even down to our generation uh, in, in our family, we can see that that was true, that many of us uh, became full-time in the ministry as a result. I trace that all the way back to her prayers, but in addition to that, uh, our family, I, I know my, my mother and dad, as well as uh, my aunts and uncles, would meet every year for a basically a retreat, and they would pray for their families, and they had what they called a prayer covenant. And I have a prayer covenant on my wall at home that has the signature of each one of my aunts and uncles and my mother and dad, and it has a prayer from Colossians 1, verse 9 through 12, that they prayed for us every day. And they promised in that, in that covenant, we're going to pray this for you every day. So we knew we had that. Interestingly enough, one of those aunts just passed away this year. In fact, three, three of our family in, in, in that generation passed this year. And oh, I, I'm sorry. And I was at the funeral, and um, Uncle Gil, who was, who was in his 90s now, he was there. And when I went to sit down with him, the very first thing that he did was he took out a sheet that was very, very long, and it had my name on it. And he said to me, Tim, now tell me about, and he started listing things. And how is this going, and how is that going? And he said, I want you to know I pray for you every day. And that's been such a challenge for me to be able to carry that tradition on. And we have a prayer covenant with our children as well and our grandchildren. Uh, we, we just believe in the power of prayer. And if we look at the word legacy, it's something that, you know, God has blessed us with children and with grandchildren, but it's also a responsibility. Mm -hmm. That legacy becomes a responsibility because we, we are responsible to pray for them and to see that, to bring them before God, that God will work in their hearts and their lives. And, and I also see that in my, in my ministry as, a, as an insurance agent because there are many, many times, and I know Rick has shared with me and some, some of his too, where a client passes away, and who do they call? They'll call me. Would you have, the family will say, would you have our funeral? Or would you sing at our funeral? Mm -hmm. Or they'll call to find out what they need to do. And we have an opportunity to minister to our families, to our kids, to our grandkids, but we also have an opportunity to minister to the friends that we have, mm -hmm. to the, the people that we work with. Uh, it, it's amazing. We talk about a legacy. There's a legacy. Now, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, something I'd like to start in my family. Uh, will you say what the Bible verse is, Colossians? Do you know it? You know, what I, what I ought to do is just pull it up so I can read it to you. Okay. Well, you do that while I'm talking to Rick about 
his thoughts on legacy. Well, you should have let me go first because I can't top that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Yeah, that's very noble. Uh, we don't have a – we do pray daily in my family, but it's not a prayer covenant. So uh, as once again, Tim sets the bar pretty high on that. Yeah, well, you can borrow that. that. You yeah, can use that. I'm definitely going to. I'm, I'm very fortunate that, uh, that our son Preston sends us a scripture every day. Uh, via text message, and we all, you know, my wife and I oh, reply. Oh, that's great. And so it's a, it's a habit, but it's not as structured as that. And uh, so very, very noble. But uh, me, my legacy personally is uh, I have a real passion for life insurance. And um, life insurance, not just selling it, not just passing it on myself. Of course, I've got multiple policies on myself. But uh, so for when I go, there'll be money there. But uh, it's not just about the money. It's providing the hope to the to the people when when the loved one passes away. Mm-hmm. And the legacy that I like to really promote is being able to help people in establishing their own legacy through life insurance. Being able to uh, to you know leave hope for their loved ones once they're gone. Because many times there, there's nothing more satisfying in our business to me than being able to deliver that check to the beneficiary after a loved one has passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, after all the tears are gone and after everything else and the bills are there, they didn't go away. Right. But uh, to be able to give them that hope, whether it's a $5,000 check, a $50,000 check, a $500,000 check, or $5 million, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's all relative to the situation. But it's a fantastic feeling to be able to do that, and I love doing that. Uh, the saying is that uh, a life insurance policy is just uh, – uh, uh, a contract, just a piece of paper until it becomes baptized with tears and then it becomes a letter of love. Oh, awesome. Mm. I love that. Mm. Yeah. So it really it's brings powerful. the emotion to it. Yeah. And it, it's, um, to me, I, I just love being able to provide that hope to the families when, when the loved one's gone. Yeah, thank you. They can't you. replace them, but it sure can help to pay those pay bills. The bills. <laughs> mm. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Tim, you found the Bible verse? I did. It's Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12, and it begins, For this reason also since the day we heard it, speaking of of our legacy, of the family that went on before us, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. So here's here's one prayer. We, we ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We pray that you might be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful legacy that, that yeah. was passed down to you, and, and you're going to continue, and hopefully your children and grandchildren will continue that as well. That's our prayer. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim. Okay, so we've been talking about Medicare and long-term care insurance. Uh, We didn't get to talk about government benefits, but that's okay. We'll save that for the symposium on Wednesday, May 24th. That's coming up. Uh, You can meet us there, but please give me a call and let me know that you're coming. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. I'll talk to you later.